Welcome to the Bad Bitch segment, bitches. Welcome back to the Bad Bitch segment. (laughs) Hope all is well. If you're new here, welcome. If you're not new here, thanks for returning. I'm Kate. (laughs) And I'm Court. And yeah, thanks for the support. Much appreciated. This is our first time recording this year. Ooh. So. 2024. Yeah. So how was your first, I don't know, week of 2024? It was just peachy, I guess. I don't remember what I did. Yeah, that's why I was like making such a weird face because I'm like, what did I even do? I feel like we went to some events. There's a coffee shop that kind of reopened. It is now the Healing Grounds. And they had, uh, we had went to a brunch that our friend was DJing at, so that was nice. Yeah, that was fun. Shout out to Miosi. Yeah, and shout out to our friends over at the Healing Grounds. Yeah. What not? The cacao was really good there. Oh, yeah. They do a good job with the cacao there. It was very busy, and, you know, I think this was the first time doing the event. Yeah. Yeah, so so. it's a cool little spot uh, in Buffalo if you ever get to check it out. And they have a lot of vegan and vegetarian options, which is great. Yeah. It was good. We had a fun time. Anything else you want to go over? I hope everybody enjoyed our first bitch session with my sister, Emma. We had a really fun time recording it, even though we had some, uh, you know, mishaps because we needed a third microphone and it didn't work. And... But there was a lot of movement going around. There was three of us in this little spot. It was warm, so we had the windows open. So a lot was going on. So apologize if anybody thought the audio was shitty, but I still thought it was a really great episode, and I enjoyed it. (laughs) It was really fun talking to her. I got some good feedback about her and her situations and the things she's gone through. So if you're looking for some inspiration, it's a good episode. Yeah, she's a very resilient and intelligent woman. I'm lucky to have her as a sister. She's a wonderful bad bitch. Getting back into the rotation, because I did two episodes. You did two, or yeah, we're getting back into like our rotation because I was doing odd episodes and you were doing even episodes. So we're back in the the proper flow of things now. Yeah, I had a two-parter that took me a while to finish researching, so... You did a great job. I I don't know if you saw my text, but Casey really thought you did an amazing job, or maybe I already told you that, my my one co-worker. And, yeah, she was listening, and, you know, a lot of people have said that they were, even me, like, I didn't know all of that about Paris. Like, I knew little bits and pieces, but I had no idea the amount of trauma and resilience she had in her. I was talking to one of my girlfriends yesterday and I was like, I just did a two-parter on Paris for the podcast. And she was like, oh, fuck her. And I was like, wait. Yeah. Like. No, that's what the media told us to think way back in the day. Yeah. And it's also like the persona that she gives out. Yeah. Which she says she kind of falls into still. I was reading a little article about her today that mm-hmm. because it was such an act that she played for so long that even on her current reality show, it's like sometimes just a knee-jerk reaction to yeah. be that like Paris and yeah. all that. So, yeah. I don't know. 
Good times. Yeah. And you did a great job, and it was a lot of fun to do. And I look forward to my first two-parter. I just can't decide who it's going to be. It's between two two bad bitches. Yeah. Any of our listeners have a suggestion of a bad bitch, please contact us, you know, right on one of our posts on Instagram, Justing One, or we do have an email now, segment at gmail.com. And if you want to sponsor us, give us a, <laughs> give us a ring. Give us a five-star review. All that shit. And tell a friend. Yeah, share us. So anyway, sorry to self-promote. We rarely do it, actually, unless it's at the end of the episode. So (laughs) we got to be better at doing that, I guess, because, yeah. We do have a new logo coming out. Oh, Um, yes. We are. Oh, yeah. That's what we should have started with. We're launching the new um, logo. If you're looking at our podcast, you may, and you've been following us for the past well, this is our 18th episode, so the past 17 episodes. My cat, my bitchy-ass cat Lucy was the face of our podcast, but we decided to go with something a little different, and I'll let Kate kind of talk about how she kind of came up with it and worked with people to get it done. Yeah, so I was suggested a tattoo artist, Mariah Vantino, And I contacted her. She did a really pretty job. We'll be posting on the Instagram. It is out of Buffalo, I believe. Check out her art. She's under Mariah underscore Lou, L-O-U, on Instagram. Yeah, and if you give it to me, I'll just start crediting her along with your mom who did the the graphic part and, like, made us a QR code for our link tree, which is Laura Grote, who made the first full like logo but now it's kind of a collaboration between the two of them and it's fucking amazing i love it i just think it just kind of represents our vibe a little better just our weird dark feminine crazy bitchiness that we are yeah and also repurposing the snake because i love snakes yeah me too and we chose a blue viper and it's very rare poisonous snake yeah it was actually only, like, the third one I picked up, but it was perfect, so. <laughs> We were just like, we'll go with this one. We like this. Yeah. <laughs> we hope you guys like it, and we're going to be putting stickers all over the place. Yeah, so keep a lookout for those. What do you have? Who's your bad bitch of the week? So today, I am doing the pioneer of spiritualism, Emma Harding-Brighton. Ooh. <laughs> Another Emma. <laughs> Which I didn't realize till halfway through and I was like, oh, this fun. (laughs) Yes, this is a a more relaxed one. It's an oldie, 1800s. Fun. Emma was born Emma Floyd on May 2nd, 1823 in Bethnal Green to Ebenezer, a school teacher, and Anna Sophia. As a girl, she lived in Westminster, which is not a very good place to live at the time. The streets of Westminster ran rapid with crime and violence as a result of poverty, which historians think that's why she got into the political aspect of her Mm -hmm. career as well. Mm -hmm. She had three siblings, Mary, who was born in Berkshire in 1824. Her brother, Thomas, was born in Caln in 1826. And her youngest sister, Margaret, was born in Bristol in 1830. She said about her childhood, quote, I fancy that I was never young, joyous, or happy like the other children. 
My delight was to steal away alone and seek the solitude of woods and fields, but above all, to wander in churchyards, cathedral clusters, and old mosaic ruins. Which sounds just lovely to me. Yeah, I love mosaics. (laughs) That's kind of what I did, too. I just kind of hung out in the woods in my backyard. (laughs) That's what I did, too. Just ran around my street, ran down towards the creek. Or the creek for most people, but we called it (laughs) we called it the creek. At an early age, Emma began hearing voices from beyond the grave. She would communicate with the deceased relatives of people she knew. She predicted futures and saw visions, some warnings of bad things to come. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Another No, it made me think of uh Rachel Stavis is all. Yeah. Just having those visitations as he like just as a kid. Yeah. She wrote Quote, at the time of these unchildlike experiences, no one around me understood me, though the servants of the family would often say in low tones amongst themselves that the child had described some of their dead relatives. Also, that whatever I prophesied was sure to come to pass. In May of 1834, her father passed away. She was only 11 years old and was left with the responsibility of providing for her family. She was bitter about this outcome at being 11, the eldest child. She began teaching music, then later performing publicly on stage, singing and playing the piano. During this time, she met Pierre Adards. Ooh. Erards. Pierre Erards, <laughs> who owned the piano and piano forte manufacturing shops in both London and Paris. He ended up hiring Emma to play in his showroom while people shopped for their instruments. One of her talents was playing songs that people were thinking before they were able to request them. Oh, that's that's pretty, that's pretty nifty. Yeah. Starting at the shop in London, Pierre sent her to the shop in Paris because he saw a great talent in her, as well as her clairvoyant abilities. She recalls playing at the shop in the mornings and attending seances held in the shop in the evenings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, was a group. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Sounds like what a life. Yeah, yeah. With a group that she called Orphic Circle. Yeah, it was some type of occult group. Orphic Orphic Circle. The Orphic Circle. Okay. Yeah. Fun. Her mother, on the other hand, had negative thoughts about her abilities and thought that this meant that she was under some evil, perhaps satanic forces. Of course. Worried about her sanity, she moved her back to London to pursue acting instead when she was 19. She first performed with the Theatre Royale Covent Garden and Princess Theatre in Oxford in 1842 and the Saddles Wells Theatre in 1844. She performed under the name Emma Hardinge Brighton. And there's some debate about the name change from different historians. Mm-hmm. In one of her writings, she alludes to being married for a short time. She says, quote, Married at 15, a gentleman far above myself in rank, endured many reverse for- of fortune in various ways, and at 18, found myself left a widow. Yet there's no mention of this, and there's no records of the marriage at the time. Huh. Some believe, however, that the name was given to her during her time with the occult, Another account is that it was solely a stage name. Regardless, she continues acting in London for a short time 
with the J.W. Wallach Company at Imperial Theater, but that turned out to be a bust. No one on the troupe ever got paid for their work. Oh, oh of course. Yeah, we know the how that old, is. Yeah, the age-old not paying your artists. Yep. <laughs> Oh, exposure. Oh, my God, right? When you die of exposure. (laughs) Right. Oh, my God. Yeah, pay your artists, people. Jesus. And don't worry. We paid our tattoo, or the tattoo artist that did our logo. Yes, yes, yeah. In 1855, she was invited to New York City to perform on Broadway with a nine-month contract and what she deemed was an excellent salary. The manager even paying her travel fees for her and her mother. While in the U.S., Emma became heavily involved in the spiritual movement, taking over the nation. She didn't originally think that she would be in New York for very long and planned to attend as many seances as she could, thinking of them as American fooleries with the rocking tables and the tappings yeah. on the floor. Yeah, yeah. But there's they a, are. There's a great Supernatural episode where they go to Lilydale. Oh, yeah? And they're, like, looking around one of the places, and they're, like, seeing all the tricks and stuff. Yeah. And, like, the wind and stuff. And yeah, the all the stuff, stuff they use. Ugh. Yeah. It's so funny. She planned to return to London and write a scathing article about the nonsense she experienced. <laughs> Through her undercover research, however, she began connecting with the same images and feelings she had when she was a child. These experiences convinced her of spiritualism and converted to it under the guidance of medium Ada Hoyt. Okay. Ada Hoyt, I think it is. Ada? It looks like you were about to say something. No, I, it was just that I'm thinking about she, she didn't believe it because of like the physical seance stuff. Yeah. But but she had attended seances in yeah, London. Yeah, and she's like, what is it, clairvoyant on her own. Yeah. So it's just funny because it's like, I wonder where the line is drawn between like where it's true and where, or where it's real and where it's like false yeah. and where they play it up to make people believe it more and stuff. I didn't include this in it because I don't exactly know how true it is because 1800s I've read, oh my gosh, I've read through a bunch of articles trying to get the most like talked about timeline and Mm -hmm. she says that when she was in new york she attended a seance and there was a guy that was automatic writing and Mm. he said something about like this being not pure and like not in the bible and (laughs) something like that yeah (laughs) So she was, like, really upset about it. And she's like, F this. I'm going to go to these. These people are bullshit. I'm going to go to these seances and call them out. Mm -hmm. And then she got into it. She was like, oh, well. So maybe she just was kind of calling it on other people. And Yeah, because I'm just a person that I believe in a lot of the stuff. You know, I believe people can have mediumship abilities and clairvoyant abilities and all that. Mm -hmm. I... And, like, I believe in aliens and shit. But I'm also a huge skeptic, even yeah. at my own, like, weird experiences I've had. I I almost dismiss them. And I'm like, oh, wait, I did have this one weird thing happen. I don't know. But so I get it, I guess. Yeah. I think it would, I think it would be kind of funny to, like, expose somebody for being a fraud. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was her plan. So she wanted to do that. But then she kind of yeah. got into it. 
So later she was even hosting seances for the society for the diffusion of spiritual knowledge. During the 19th century, women were growing discontent with the four principles of womanhood, which was piety, purity, submissiveness, and domesticity. And <sighs> domestic. And domestic. Domesticity? Domestic city. <laughs> domesticity. Domestic city. I don't <laughs> I can't. I tried so hard. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, you know, the same like... Homemaking shit. Yeah. Homemaker, this and that. Which isn't bad. Like, some people do that and they fully love it and enjoy it, and that's great. But it's not for everybody, and nobody should be forced to do it. Exactly. So, spiritualism offered a way to get around these principles. Quote, they used voices of dead men to get their message of freedom and equality out of the seance room and into public consciousness. Oh, cool. I like that. So, allegedly, there were accounts of her power that were deemed real. So, according to author Raymond Buckland in his 2005 book, The Spirit Book, quote, in a trance, Brighton was the channel for Philip Smith, a crew member of a mail steamer Pacific. The Pacific was the ship on which Brighton and her mother had originally traveled to America. They had gotten to know several members of the crew, including Smith. The spirit of Smith claimed that the ship had sunk to the high seas, saying, My dear Emma, I have come to tell you that I am dead. The ship Pacific is lost, and all aboard have perished. She and her crew will never be heard from. Oh, jeez. When Brighton disclosed this tragedy, the owners of the vessel threatened to prosecute her. But it turned out that the facts presented by the Spirit 48 through Emma were true, and the Pacific had indeed sunk. Oh, this is triggering a place in my mind. I might have heard of this lady a long time ago or something. I feel like that story sounds familiar. Yeah. Cool. I love this stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Emma's time in New York marked the beginning of her political involvement in causes of anti-slavery, women's rights, and attempting to establish a home for outcast women. She became a successful public speaker, and after her speech, quote, the coming man, or the next president of the U.S., she was invited to work on Lincoln's election campaign in 1864. She became a successful public speaker, and after her speech, The Coming Man, or the next president of the U.S., she was invited to speak on Lincoln's election campaign. In 1864, Emma signed on for a 32-venue tour of political lectures for Lincoln. His wife That's was... That's so cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's so Mary Todd Lincoln. From. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. So her, his wife was really into spiritualism, mm-hmm. especially since her their son had passed away in 1862. So she found comfort and companionship in Emma Harding. Aww. Yeah. Her, well, her most well-known speech was delivered on April 14th, 1865, and it was a response to the assassination of Lincoln only 36 hours prior. So she spoke in support of his life, and she spoke in front of 3,000 people. Aww. Yeah. Wow. On April 16th, the Cooper Institute printed a 28-page, 25-cent pamphlet of the speech. Ooh. 
Yeah. Probably. Uh, that'd be an interesting speech to read. Yeah. I wasn't going to go into it because it was really long. But... Yeah, yeah. And it's in, like, old-timey speak, so yeah. <laughs> you probably have to decode it a little. Exactly. <laughs> In 1870, she married a fellow spiritualist, William Brighton, in New Jersey. They traveled to Australia and New Zealand in 1878 and 79 as missionaries, spreading the word of spiritualism. Emma was also one of the members of the Theosophical Society, which is an organizational body of theosophy and esoteric new religious movement along with helena bobatsky a russian and american mystic and author i've heard a lot about her they did a whole series of her on um last podcast on the left really yeah man i didn't hear that one i'm gonna have to check it out yeah it's from like several years ago so you'd have to like probably search it specifically it'd probably be hard to find yeah 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 I've been going in their backlog because I listen to everything. <laughs> oh my god. You know, I didn't like them at first, but I listened to their like back in the day. I fucking love them now. I love Yeah. I love Henry and I love them all. But shout out Henry Zabrowski. Yeah, I was you. actually going to Okay, I was actually going to email them cuz still nobody's told them that like poop comes out of the intestines if there's a hole in them. Because they asked that in their Andes series, and nobody's answered it yet. So I have to, like, write that email. I've been wanting to for days. Anyway, I'm Yeah, they answered some other weird questions. Yeah, they they answered some other stuff, but nobody's answered about the fucking stoma. Yeah. Anyway. (laughs) Seances became a form of entertainment in the Victoria era in which people were constantly looking for. Emma Harding's Britain. We should do seances more often. Oh my god, I know, right? Yeah. Quote, Emma Harding's Britain used entertainment strategically to attract people to her performances, to introduce and teach them about modern spiritualism and her political campaigns. Brighton was an acutely business-minded and used economically charged strategies to attract customers. Those who attended her lectures were intrigued by the subject matter, whether for intellectual, spiritual, or entertainment purposes. She also published many pieces on the subject of spiritualism, as well as politics. Mm. Her first piece being the outline of a plan for a self-sustaining institution for homeless and outcast females in 1858 with another author, Caroline Dahl's transatlantic mission to rescue the lives of outcast women in the 1960s in Boston. In 1859, she wrote The Place and Mission of Women, an Inspirational Disclosure. In 1870, she wrote A Modern American Spiritualism, a guide for many people of the movement. Just to name a few, she has a lot of books. <laughs> Or pamphlets. I think they're mostly written speeches. She has an autobiography that her sister ended up... It was it was unfinished, but her sister ended up editing and publishing it. In 1872, Emma started a magazine called The Western Star. It only ran for about six issues, but it was, quote, devoted to a record of facts, philosophy, and history of the communion between spirits and mortals. She started another magazine in 1887 in Manchester, England, called The Two Worlds. 
It was a weekly newspaper in which they published the insights of spiritualists from Northern England. During her works, she described the seven principles of spiritualism that are still recognized today in the religion. So one, the fatherhood of God. Two, the brotherhood of man. Three, the communion of spirits and the ministry of angels. Four, the continuous existence of the human soul. Five, personal responsibility. That's a big one. Mm -hmm. Six, compensation and retribution hereafter for all the good and evil deeds done on earth. And seven, eternal progress open to every human soul. Okay. I I like that. I wish they would mention, like the mother earth so that was very masculine language yeah i know that's like kind of a which one of the times but yeah but it's interesting because she's like in the feminist movement yeah i'll have to look into that yeah because maybe i don't know know, because i don't know much about spiritualism so i know i've been to a spiritualist church i went to the one in east aurora once and they used a lot of similar hymns that i've heard in like christian churches so oh wow yeah that's or at cool. least they sounded Christian. I don't, I don't really know that much well. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Emma's husband, William, passed in 1894. She moved back to England and died in Manchester in 1899. They spent their lives traveling and spreading the word about spiritualism, leaving many writings and records of her speeches behind. Her insights on women's rights movement and spiritualism seems to be mostly forgotten, but I personally think that we should not forget the women in the early centuries who showed their courage and resourcefulness of the women who have fought for their place in society. Yeah. I mean, we both feel that way. Yeah. I don't know why I wrote it like that, but. (laughs) But no, yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a short one because it's the 1800s and every time I went deep into something about it, you couldn't find too, too much. But I don't know. Her life was still a good story. Yeah, it's very interesting. I liked hearing about her. I love hearing about anybody who's into the spooky shit. Anytime we can throw someone spooky into the mix, I'm going to enjoy it and you know you just you just had two very long episodes and oh yeah that too (laughs) yeah so it's okay it's all right sometimes the shorter episodes can be nice too like i like that sometimes we put out long ones but then sometimes there's like shorter ones because you know it depends on the day yeah (laughs) depends on what we're talking about yeah but i really enjoyed learning about her and two emma's in a row i want to learn more about blavatsky too yeah i don't know anything about her she's an interesting lady very interesting i don't know if either of us have her on our lists i don't know i know i've I actually i was just looking at it today i might have her on there but whatever well we'll have to uh add her yeah i don't know thanks i had a nice time and it's nice getting back into the mix i was excited to record again yeah kind of missed it in a Same. way you know it's just fun to do and yeah. we hope you guys really enjoyed it Stay bad, bitches. Stay bad, bitches. See you next time. Follow us. Give us a five-star review. Tell a friend. Please. Shameless plugs. Shameless plugs. I mean, it's not really a plug if you're on the right, on the same uh, platform, right? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, 
I think a shameless plug would be like when I plugged my artwork. <laughs> oh, but oh yeah, I guess we're supposed to like plug our podcast during yeah. the podcast. Yeah, I don't so, know. Yeah. I I'm so terrible at self. Follow us and tell a friend. God damn it. Yeah, like follow us on Instagram and TikTok. Send us an email badbeastsegment.com or no, I'm <laughs> badbeastsegment at gmail.com. <laughs> tell us about a bad bitch or uh, tell us your bad bitch tale. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently that was my sex my sex phone voice. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bye guys. Bad Bitch Segment is written, hosted, and produced by Courtney Janicki and Kate Salamone. Podcast art by Laura Grote at LA Promotional Design. Edited by Courtney Janicki. Music by Alexi Action. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Bad Bitch Segment. Suggest a bad bitch or share a bad bitch story by sending an email to the podcast at badbsegment at gmail.com. Listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Audible.